0: The word of the Lord from Mark chapter 1. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locust and wild honey. Then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel Proclamation comes from the lesson I just read to you from the book of Mark in chapter 1, verses 1, 4 through 11, and serves as the basis of our theme for the baptism of our Lord. Beloved, manifest, and approved. John the Baptist fascinates me. Where did he come from? What was he doing from the time of his birth until now? And what is up with the animal skin clothes and eating locust and wild honey? Now, there is one theory about John and what he was doing. From the 2nd century BC until John's day, there was an ascetic group known as the Essenes that were in the wilderness the same time that John was. They performed ritualistic cleansing, baptisms, and separated themselves from the Pharisees. They were a strict group of zealots, Jews, that did not condemn marriage in principle, but they did avoid it. So, it is reasonable to think that John may have been a part of this group based on those factors alone. But most theologians these days, including our best Lutheran ones, have agreed that John neither belonged to nor intended to found any organized community and thereby had no real association with the Essenes. So all we know for sure is that Luke 180 tells us that after his birth, he grew strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel, where we catch up with him in today's gospel reading. So, outside of a scriptural theory, or should I say in this case, a truly non-scriptural theory, we don't know for sure what he was doing and from whence he came. But we do have some amazing echoes of who he is from scripture going back thousands of years before his birth. One of the first things we know about John is that he had an interesting diet. Locusts or giant grasshoppers, if you will, and wild honey. And that is our first clue. You see, 1400 years before the birth of Christ, we learn an interesting tidbit about said diet. From Leviticus chapter 11, verses 20 to 22, that says, All winged insects that go on all fours are detestable to you. Yet among the winged insects that go on all fours, you may eat those that have jointed legs above their feet, with which to hop on the ground. Of them you may eat the locust of any kind, the bald locust of any kind, the cricket of any kind, and the grasshopper of any kind. So John, we learn, was mindful of the Levitical law according to what was clean to eat in the wilderness and what was unclean. Then we have another clue from Second Kings chapter one, verse eight: The greatest prophet Elijah who appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses, wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist. And Zechariah, the prophet, prophesies about the time John lived in by saying, And on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will remove from the land the prophets and the spirit of uncleanness. On that day, Every prophet will be ashamed of his vision when he prophesies. He will not put on a hairy cloak in order to deceive, but he will say, I am no prophet. I'm a worker of the soil, for a man sold me in my youth. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered, and one-third shall be left. And they will call upon my name, and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people. And they will say, the Lord is my God. Then we see Matthew chapter 11, verses 13 to 14, closing the circle by showing us that all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. So John donned the exact same uniform of a camel hair coat and a leather belt around his waist. So John lived as the hidden prophet of God, far from the establishment Pharisees and Sadducees who rejected the gospel of the true Messiah in their midst. So John is the very fulfillment of Elijah who was to come to usher in the actual Messiah as foretold long ago. And Jesus himself affirms this all, quoting Zechariah in Mark 14, 26 to 28, saying that now is the time of the fulfillment of that prophecy, saying before he was betrayed into the hands of the temple guard and later crucified, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Indeed, when they saw him raised from the dead, they could cry out, just as the prophet Zechariah did five centuries before, The Lord Jesus is my God! John is no ascetic. John is no wandering hippie in the wilderness. John is no mere radical outcast that rails incoherently against the establishment regime. John is the one appointed by the Almighty God himself, given the life he led, to be ready for his moment in time, called by God only, told by God and no one else, and prepared for, by God, single-handedly, to usher in the era of God in the flesh. Alone, And that is exactly what he did. As foretold for over 1,400 years in Scripture and undeniably fulfilling his role to perfection, John alerts us to the coming of our God in the flesh by saying, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3. Verse 11 helps us understand the importance of what being baptized with the Holy Spirit means for you and for me today. By adding under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit one key phrase. He, that is Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit those who repent, but the unrepentant will experience the fire of eternal punishment. Jesus baptized his disciples with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and continues to pour out the Spirit on believers through word and sacrament. As we say in our baptismal rite on page 268 in the hymn, though, according to your strict judgment, you condemned the unbelieving world to the flood. Yet according to your great mercy, you preserved believing Noah and his family, eight souls in all. You drowned hard-hearted Pharaoh and all his hosts in the Red Sea, yet led your people Israel through the water on dry ground foreshadowing this washing of your holy baptism. Through the baptism in the Jordan of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. Oh, oh, how often we forget our connection to all the great prophecies of the past and know that we are connected by Jesus to it all through our holy baptism. Oh, how urgently we cry out to those not baptized in the Holy Spirit to repent of their unbelief and come to the knowledge of the one true God who will give them eternal life. Oh, How often we ponder with little reflection on the eternal planning that brought us to this day. But oh, how we know our Savior Jesus who covers all our indiscretions with his life sacrifice for our sake so we can live today for him. For he is indeed our beloved and God manifest with us and approved by his eternal father forever. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.